So how is it? So like we're supposed to do an intro and then we have like music and then slowly the music builds up and then we're like five, four, three, two, one. Hey everyone, it's Edwin. And it's Tiffany. Yes, and welcome to Reality of a Designer. Today's topic is things you should know before going into product design, the field itself. Like you decided to be a product designer. Well, what should you expect? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and really it is a lot. exciting topic. Lots to cover here. <laughs> yes, so let's start with something simple. That's like just to, it's a very exciting field. Um, it actually pays very well. It is very needed, but it is very underappreciated for, not for some odd reason. It's just underappreciated by most companies when you're in the company itself. It's like every company knows they need it. But when you're actually working, they're like, eh, yeah, we can do that later. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the um, those memes that are like expectation versus reality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like you think everybody's like, let's do all this testing and prototyping. And in reality, it's your boss going, hey, can I have this by tomorrow? And yeah. just, just put the button here and make sure it doesn't, you know, it scales for the next five years. <laughs> just, Jesus Christ, really? It sounded sexy, but now it's just a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I think one of the reasons it's underappreciated, or maybe that's not the right term, but it's, I guess, what we started with, is it's a new field. And in the relative term of fields, if you think about it, like how long have lawyers existed or how long have, you know, doctors? And if you think of, you know, this product design, UI, UX, all these little things, it's relatively new and it's, gotten a shotgun blast of um i don't know i don't know how to put it it's like a shotgun blast of of into the world where everybody's like oh my god everybody needs design and there's screens everywhere and where are the designers can we start making them now in college and in school and at home and put them to work but i don't want to hire them because they don't know anything yet it's like this weird thing yeah i mean design has existed you know even before this this term of product design um but the actual like the day-to-day of what it means to be a product designer like that concept is fairly new right and it's sort of like a um the divergence or branch from you know maybe more commonly known uh design roles like being a graphic designer or being a um interior designer being a um i don't know hardware designer yeah and I think we're in a tricky situation because because it's such a new field and it's going so fast. You see things like UI kits come out and um, icon kits and um, like so basically any kit that you could possibly imagine of UI. And that's a very easy thing to understand if you're a boss or you have a company. Like it's visual. You understand it. But that's not really what product design is. And anybody who's a product designer will know this. <laughs> Like, it's fine, but I always see that as those are just tools. Those are the nails for construction. <laughs> it's like, okay, but it's actually how do you use them? How do you apply them? The why? There's a difference of saying, oh, the button's green and it has text in it. The other reason is, why is it green? Why does it go there? And that's the part I think that most companies, at least from my experience, have a trouble understanding because they can't measure it in dollars. Yeah, and I think I mentioned to this to you before one time. I want to hear what you think. Like where it's like, if a 
if a button breaks in your app, then it's very easy to know how much it costs to fix because it doesn't work for everybody. You're like, the button doesn't work. I just put an engineer or a programmer or whatever, and they fix it. Now, I can measure in hours and time how much that costs to fix. But when it comes to designing, you could make the most clearest button or unclear button ever, and somebody will still think it makes sense, and some people will think it make, doesn't make sense. The so, objective nature of <laughs> designing. Yeah, so when you're a boss and you're like, do I put resources or time into fixing the button that I get? Or into this abstract thing, it's just very easy to lean on the whole, well, just programming and things that I can measure. And it's a struggle that if you're going into this field, you will definitely encounter all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what's really hard, especially, is that everyone has different definitions. Or, I mean, I guess that's kind of what you were saying. It's, there's like that subjectivity of like, yeah. well you know, this is good enough for me. And this was what, you know, this is what uh, an ideal experience would be from my perspective, or this is how I would define how a user would go through this product. And um, yeah, imagine like five people coming to you with all these different views and, and you having to be the one that's like, I need to advocate for the truth, you know, using data, using research and, and kind of coming to a decision that molds all that information into the the final product and potentially push back on some of the things that you know your other colleagues are proposing that you do or change or not change yeah they're like i want to change this and you're like please stop doing this no do not change this this is killing me <laughs> and just fyi so everybody knows like and i think this is very important if you think your job, even if you're a junior, I mean, maybe in some places, but it doesn't matter. If you think your job is to actually design and do prototypes and testing and you're like, this is great and I'm all happy. In my experience, 20%, let's just give it generous, depending on the company, 30% is doing that. You know, the pixels, the rest is bullshit. I mean, no, sorry. What was it? <laughs> no, we, no, we, said, we said that it's, it's dealing with the bullshit. It's dealing with bullshit. It's not bullshit. It's dealing with bullshit. Right. It's like dealing with, it's just basically politics and you saying, hey, the user needs this. And then your boss is like, well, I, I don't have money for that. So find a compromise in the next five minutes. Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Yeah. I mean, we could break that down even further, but definitely I love the example of it being kind of like a politician. You know, you have to campaign for your work. You have to do all this like presenting, storytelling, um, walking through walking through your designs and handholding, you know, your team members or your stakeholders or whoever, whoever it is that needs to kind of like sign off on this before it can actually get built. And then the sort of like back and forth debate of, you know, um, the feedback that they may give you um, before you actually land in the right place where you want to be. Oh my God. Yeah. And so let, let's just say, let's just put a typical day for everybody so they can sort of get how it goes. And this is, I'm going to generalize because I've been in a lot of companies throughout my career. So I'm just going to generalize based on, you know, all I've seen. It's like, they say, hey, there's a problem X or an opportunity for whatever reason, and they want to make it a problem to make money, okay, whatever. Hey, so you're like, okay, so I'm going to put this screen and it's going to have this button 
and this is how pretty it's going to look. So then you're going to go and talk to your product manager and they're going to go, well, that doesn't make me happy because that does not solve some problems I need for the future. So like a politician where you add roads to bills of healthcare, you would just go like, okay, well, what do you need to make happy? So you go and you add that thing. You go to engineering with your changes and they go like, well, I can't do that. That's too hard. That's going to take too long. So <laughs> let's compromise, right? <laughs> like 50%. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Should we test this? Uh, but do we need to test it? And you're like, yes. <laughs> and they go like, well, we'll see about that. We'll just, let's just put it out there. I mean, you have to have to see this happen, right? Let's just put it out there and see how people react. And that's our test. Like, it's not a test. It's like, just releasing it. And just seeing yeah, it and I love it. how they go. They always say this line like, oh, you know, we can come back and fix it later. Let's just get it out there first and see and how people never react. Happen. Well, I'm not going to say never. Not it never, doesn't happen often. <laughs> a good percentage of the time, other things will come up that you and your team needs to work on. And, you know, in, in a fast-paced environment, depending on where you work, um, yeah, you may not ever get the chance to come back and reevaluate and, and make those fixes or go back to the, you know, what you originally wanted to do. Yeah, that's why all the roads in the United States are messed up because it's like, well, it's just easier to build new roads than like fix all these bridges that are falling apart. And you're like, but, you know, maybe we should because you know, <laughs> people can die. No, but I can't, I can't campaign that. <laughs> it's like, I need to make new stuff. I'm like, okay. Well, I love in that example because it would be something similar like, oh, but they can, you know, people can still drive through that road. It's just a little bumpy. They might potentially fall off, but, you know, it's fine. They can still use it. It's fine. (laughs) I I remember working in a company. I was like, hey, there's no – so this button doesn't do anything. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. We'll fix it later. Or, hey, we don't have a forgot password. Well, we'll add it when somebody requests to add a forgot password. I'm like, okay, that's fair. But then they do it for other stuff too. Where it's like, hey, this doesn't save. And they're like, well, it saves. There's just no way to let – we haven't let people know that it saves with the queue. And I go, so how do they know it saves? like, it's fine. It's saving. So it's fine. I'm like, what what do you mean? (laughs) Like, so they just press it and they just keep pressing it? They're like, Yeah. Like, it would take two minutes. Let's just do this the right way. Nope, we got to move forward. Just, yep. Just These away. are the examples that plague us on a daily basis. Um, especially the, the term like, oh, well, they'll figure it out. The user will learn. <laughs> hey, we have a knowledge base <laughs> that never gets updated. They'll figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> we have a wiki, right? It's made in Notion or something. Or uh, We have customer support support but okay so if we go into that so just everybody knows it's very different depending on where you work and i think this is this is very important to know so there's startup there's enterprise which is like let's just say big companies i'm just going to call them enterprise unless there's something else we could call them and then there's agencies right and it doesn't matter if they're big or small mm-hmm. so let's just start with startup first let's just say you want to be a product designer and you're like Hmm, I'm going to go with startups first. Well, there's a lot of good things and bad things for startups. Good things is you will learn really fast because you don't really have a choice. And Small team. You, you will be very unsupervised. 
and it'll be like, we need this now. And you'll be like, so when is the deadline? Yesterday. You're like, really? It'll always be yesterday. So just stop asking the stupid question. You're like, okay, <laughs> got it. And you don't have any benefits. And they're going to try to always sell you on the vision that this is the next big company in all history of all mankind. They're always going to sell you options as like the savior of the company. But they never tell you the, the cap table. So you don't know how many <laughs> options there exist. So there could be nothing. And you can't liquidate them. So it means nothing. It's a very risk, risky job, but it's very educational. At least that's how I guess I would describe it. So in terms of like the the day-to-day work, how would you say it would be slightly different? Like what would be the pros and cons of as a product designer working in a, a startup? I'll say this about a startup. If you're looking for job satisfaction, and let's assume this is a a good environment. Let's remove toxic environments because you can't really, I can't really control that, right? That has nothing to do with the job. You can just have a boss that's an asshole. Um, Let's just say it's a good environment and you're in a startup. I would say job satisfaction is really high when it comes to your craft. Because in your craft, you get to try new things all the time because everybody's going so fast and you can break things. And if it doesn't work, screw it, we'll fix it. Right. The way it gets approved is the person next to you going like, yeah, that looks good. And you're like, yeah, I got it approved. <laughs> the signature <laughs> needed, right? And it's just push to master. Um, and, and you get to be more intimate with your customers because you're not that big yet. So you can like talk to them. You can see how they're using it or not. You can pivot quickly. Um, one analogy they gave me a long time ago is, um, and I guess we'll now transition to enterprise, but it's like a startup is a speedboat. It's very nimble. You know, it can go anywhere, but it can't carry a lot of people. You know, it has this thing and it's rocky and it's not very comfortable and you can't really sleep on it. You know, but it, but it goes really fast. But enterprise, like big companies, is like a big cargo ship. Like it has everything you need, but if they want to pivot, it'll take forever to turn. Right. <laughs> and anything you want to do, you have to ask a hundred people for permission. Um, but anyway, but that's startup, right? So startup is. High job satisfaction, in my opinion, barely any benefits, a lot of broken promises. Most startups fail, by the way. Like universally, most startups fail. Just look at the metrics. It's insane. But you will learn so much so quickly. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I guess maybe the learning is because of the fact that you have to figure things out on your own. You know, you're not as reliant on other people or teams, there's less of the, oh, well, we're doing it this way because this is how we did it in another project, or this is what another team is doing. Like everything is brand new. It's, it's coming from your mind. <laughs> and um, I guess related to that in terms of satisfaction, you get to probably own a lot more of yeah. the experience than maybe what you would if you were working in like a large corporation. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's great. Like because in a startup, you go, oh, we should do some testing. And they go, well, there's no testing department. There's no user research department. So, so you do you, it. <laughs> you get to do it. And then you're voluntold to do all the things, <laughs> whether you want to or not. And I mean, I get it. It's fine. Um, it can be rewarding. But, you know, it, it's, it's just it's just extremely risky. So 
but I've never worked at an agency, but you have. So I'm curious. So like, how is it at an agency? Like, what are the, like, how is that as a product designer? At an yeah, I was about to say, like, I think there's some similarities to startups in the, in the sense that, um, you know, most agencies are fairly small, so it's still not at the scale of a corporation. Um, but I, a lot of the perks that you mentioned from working at a startup, you don't really get as much of in, in a, you know, being a product designer in an agency because just of the way that uh, it's structured, like one, they just have less funding, right? So you don't have like yeah. angel investors that, you know, like believing in your product and, and you know, kind of funding you forward. Um, it's really just the... Um, individual uh clients that an agency would get and if you know they have like big sexy clients great you might have more funding there um but most of the time even with big with big clients they're always looking for you know for example if you had a client that was nike like nike is a fairly large company like why would they hire an agency yeah, over just using big. their in-house you know design team and usually the answer is because they want to be able to move fairly quickly and they want their in-house team to focus on something else. They feel like this project is smaller and therefore they justify that it also will be cheaper, you know, to go through an agency. So unfortunately what that means for you as a product designer is you might work on a cool project, but um, it doesn't have a lot of funding. It's very short timelines. Um, and you know, it's that process where like once you're, once you've completed the project, and you hand it off, that's it. <laughs> you don't it get to kind forever. of, you don't get to see, you know, how it gets um, necessarily like shipped or delivered to the the end customers. And, and that's kind of tough. Um, so I guess the pros and cons for me, like, you know, having worked in an agency consultancy environment is that pros is, it's a great place to learn because similar to a startup, you have to be nimble. You have to, you know, wear many hats and that forces you to, you know, to um, get scrappy with things and teach yourself things. Um, the the cons would just be like, you're probably not going to get paid as much for sure. Um, oh, yeah. And and you can have clients from hell. <laughs> yes, you can have clients from hell. Um, yeah. Granted, you would only work for with them for that period of time of your project. But um, I think the most heartbreaking piece is really just that you don't get to to see the the end the end result of that work that you've done once you've handed it off. Oh, that's so sad. Imagine you work so hard and then they're going, yeah, we're going to go in a different direction. So bye. And you're like, yeah, well, <laughs> next well, month you check aware. back and you're like, what happened to all the things that I created that completely changed it? Yeah. Oh, it, it, I just imagine this is why I never wanted. I did freelance for a long time, but I don't like it. Um, I mean, it, some people love it you know, props to them, but it's just that, like, sometimes you get clients from hell and, oh my God, I had a client once that they wanted to fight me because I didn't want to update their website forever in perpetuity without paying me. So they're like, well, you did the website. It takes you five minutes to fix, update it. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not going to do that for, but it's easy for you. I'm like, That's time and effort that I can do. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And he's just like, he went up to my house to like fight me. And I'm going like, well, maybe this isn't a good profession for me. <laughs> just dealing with it. I always saw it as I'm working in a store and, you know, like imagine you have like somebody come up and they're like a horrible customer they don't leave in five minutes they might leave in five weeks so you're just staring at them for like five weeks and you're going oh. 
when is this going to end? Yeah. I think this is a a not the norm, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I think this is a great transition to um, enterprise, actually, because, you know, uh, in a larger company, you may not have uh, the the clients from hell, but you may have a coworker from hell. Oh, and you can't, you can't. <laughs> or you have a boss from hell. Right. It's like you can't. Ugh. And one thing I want to, I mentioned to you this before, but I want to say it's like I've never, in big, big companies, not all of them, of course, I've met some that are really good, but in some that I've been in the past, um, it is the, they don't really do UX, user experience. They do what I call LX, which is like leadership experience. Where everybody in the team is trying to make leadership and the bosses happy, but they're not, they keep forgetting the user. Like the boss wants right. something and everybody, the CEO wants something and everybody's trying to make that person happy or a department. But then they forget like somebody has to use this. And then it's always trying to get approvals from like upper management all day. And you even skip testing. You're like, whatever. And that's why sometimes it's frustrating because while you have a ton of benefits and it's amazing. And, you know, job security is a little bit better. They're more established. Um, you get to work with some amazing people. There's just tons a of, lot tons of... Tons of resource, too. Oh, my God. So many resources. It's just there's a ton of dealing with bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the the difference there between the enterprise and startup, um, I guess, with the people that you work with, there's just way more hierarchy or... I don't know what's yeah. the best way to call it in an enterprise environment. And so the politics is just, it's, you, you can't avoid it. You're going to get that yeah. a lot yeah, more middle need, management. <laughs> yeah. And that's assuming it's just your department. If you're working with other departments, you need both of your product managers to align with the product managers of other departments that have to align with their leaderships, that those leadership has to align and so on and so forth. And you're going, I just want to add the stupid green button. Like, is it really that hard? It's like, yes, it is very that hard. But, okay, so it's not all bad. One thing that I think is extremely rewarding about big companies is that when you do release something that works, it reaches the hands of so many people. Right. It's actually awesome where it's like thousands of people, millions of people where it's like they're using it and it changed their lives in ways that you can't imagine. Yes, and there's all these mechanisms in place, hopefully, where, you know, um, you're collecting data, you're, you know, doing research, you're getting feedback, maybe even like support tickets or something where you can like just see how people are reacting to the thing that you've helped create. And hopefully that can also help justify, you know, certain decisions like coming back to um, a design saying, okay, we can improve it in this way because we're hearing, you know, these things from our customers or from users. So um, I think that's another great piece of it too, like the end result. Yeah. Enterprise, this is why I keep saying it's like, it's like politics. Like you, like you mentioned to before, it's like you're a politician in a big company and like you are trying to get a bill passed and it's really, 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 really hard. And you have to probably put a lot of stupid stuff in it to get everybody's vote that make no sense. But when you finally do it, you did make other people's life easier. You know, hopefully <laughs> you just made people's life better. And I think that's the, the benefit. And yeah, things are slower. So you don't have a lot of creative freedom, in my opinion, in big companies. But you learn everything else. Like a lot of cross-functional communication happens in 
an enterprise. So see, like everything has a pro and con. So depending on where you want to go, like it's good to think about it because even when you go to the interview process, and we'll talk about that in a different episode, you have to prepare very differently depending right. on what type of company you're going to, like very, very different. And in all these things that you may weigh and, and consider, um, also where you are in your career can have a huge, I guess, influence on what might make the most sense for you Yeah. Um, to choose, you know, enterprise versus startup versus, you know, even the agency route. So question, hot take for you. If you were starting today as a designer, like Tiffany, you're out into the world. They kick you out you're in there, you're in the curb, and you're like, oh, I'm in the world? What? And where would you pick? Where would you say should you be your starting point? Startup, enterprise, or agency? Oh, you mean like what what I would advise yeah. others to pick? Based off of what I would pick, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. There you go. Yeah. Um yeah, I was thinking about this throughout the whole time that we were that we were discussing all the kind of pros and cons for each uh, um, environment. And I think I've decided that for me, it would probably be enterprise. Really? Um, just because it's a safer space for someone who is new to the design field, especially new to the tech field, to yeah. learn the ropes. Um, just because there's more people around you that you could you know, ask for help. Um, usually a large company will have certain programs like um, onboarding programs, mentorship programs. They'll hook you up with, you know, a design buddy, or you can just make friends with other designers on your team or in other, other, other uh, orgs. Um, so yeah, I, I just think, um, and it's slow enough where you can take your time learning. Um, that's true. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, I mean, I've done each each company type, um, <laughs> but I feel like I've learned a lot um, from being in an enterprise uh, environment just because of the resources that were available to me. Yeah, I would, that's very interesting. I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, it makes a lot. Okay, of now I want to know. Now I want to know what, what how you would answer that. What would be your? Um... Well, not mine. Because of what you said, it shifted slightly, but just a little bit. Uh, See what happened here? Like I just yeah. <laughs> I still think it's yeah. I still think it's startup, but it it is dependent on if you're a person that likes to learn at your own on your own. Yeah. Then I think a startup is the way to go because it feels almost like college, in a or like a you, like educational more than anything because. Here's a weird thing. You don't have to be in a company that long. There's this weird thing where it's like, oh, I have to be a company years. Like you're not getting married to this company, right? So if you can get a year or even months of experience with a startup, which they're desperate for talent, who cares what stage they're in? Like you're really there just to learn the ropes. And mm -hmm. it's very likely the people there don't know what they're doing either. <laughs> so you're all just going to learn together and you will fail a lot. And I think that's something that when you start a career, it's very, very important to get a lot of failure. Yeah, it and it doesn't mean failure. failure like the company doesn't exist. It's Well, that can happen. But it's more of a like you're going to try designs that fail and you're like, oh, nobody liked this. And then you got to fix it next week. And in an enterprise, you can't really do that. Like there's too many gates and people looking at it for it to yeah. fail at that capacity. Yeah, that makes sense. And 
This is like, no, they're going to ask you, should I put it on the left or the right? And you're like, uh, left. And then it failed. And you're like, well, let's move it to the right next. But you learn that. And I think, I don't know, personally, I think that's a good way to start. Like, you shouldn't take your first job if you're in a startup, if you do check that route. And it's like, this is my career. Take it as like, I'm going to to learn. (laughs) And then I'll leave when I've like learned enough. Yeah. I mean, for any route you take, you're building a foundation for yourself. But I think from what you've described, and, and I love the you know, your perspective on this, but it's like when you have the opportunity to fail and and that's sort of like common knowledge, like that's part of the culture of a startup and that's expected, then you sort of develop this thick skin to all sorts of situations um, that will make you more nimble when you move on to, you know, say if you do move on to an enterprise company. Yeah. And you will definitely learn and you will be wearing many hats and be all the departments. And that's, in my opinion, not sustainable in the long run. It's just very exhausting. But, man, you learn so much. And when you go into an enterprise, like, you know how to talk to multiple departments because you were that department at one point. (laughs) And, like, you learn so much that if something, somebody's going to do something, you can be like, no, don't do that because that won't work. Like, why? And I'm like, I already tried it like five times. (laughs) totally failed I'm like oh okay that's pretty cool you've probably also refined the way that you would articulate these things to the people that you work with right because as you fail you know you've had you have to represent new ideas um or old ideas or iterated ideas and uh, um you know when you're starting out an enterprise and you've never done that before and you don't have a lot of practice with your communication skills it can feel really daunting to go into a meeting where you're like oh there's the director sitting right there and the vp yep. and i have to explain my designs it's like what do i do yep. um so and if you ever worry about them people like oh my boss is there or it was like my mom told me something a long time ago and she was like everybody gets sick and everybody goes to the bathroom and everybody goes <laughs> up and i was like what and she's like everybody yep everybody does everything and i go okay so she's like they're just they're just people so even if they're your boss just imagine them like sick in the bathroom and you'll be fine i was like ew but i guess it makes sense oh that's a good one (laughs) yeah does it like they always say imagine them naked i'm like no i don't want to do that but imagine them in like that humanity and that's why it doesn't matter if you're talking to a client it doesn't matter if you're talking to departments doesn't matter if you're talking to your boss or ceo or investor they're just people we all get sick. We all poop. We all we all do all the things. It's fine, and most likely nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> so I think that's the, the the hidden. There's a hidden pro tip there, and and I think that's the um, you know, we how we mentioned earlier how cross functional communication is really key to being a product designer wherever you are, whichever company yeah. you know route that you choose. But um, the easiest way to kick that off and and build those relationships with the people around you is just to view them as a normal human being and have those normal human interactions, asking about them, trying to learn about them on a personal level that is, you know, not in a creepy kind of way, but, you know, like that's beyond just like, hey, uh, you know, engineer, like, is this feasible or what what I'm designing here? Like, you know, you're just talking about your projects like right off the bat and they just view you as this role when you're really more than that, right? Like you have unique thoughts and opinions and that's based on your experiences. Very, very true. Oh, that was very 
heart. <laughs> little bow at the end. <laughs> yeah, little bow at the end. Anyways, that's it for today. Thank you all for listening. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Reality of Design, and I think we're on Instagram, Reality of a Designer. The Twitter handle is smaller because they don't allow you to make a handle that big, but whatever. <laughs> and I think we're on Apple and Spotify. I'll probably have more in the future. 